2: The Andrea Kay Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 107 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay.
0: Good evening and welcome to the Friday night edition of the Andrea Kay Show. If I eat that entire Krispy Kreme birthday cake cream filled donut I brought with me, I'll weigh about 117 pounds by the end of the show. So I may just only eat like half of it. But I don't even need the whole donut to get sugared up and get excited and and wired up to spend this hour with you all. I'm always excited and thrilled and honored to to get to to spend this time with you all and spend time with DJ Carrot Sticks, Todd. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody just thinks that's so funny. Thank you for that laugh track. Yeah. Um, And also, I'm so happy to share this hour with my gal pal, my partner in crime all the way from St. Louis, who left me by myself last night. Thank goodness she rallied and decided to, to call in tonight from St. Louis. I'm so glad to have you with me, Alicia. Hey, better late than never, right? That's right. Um, and actually, before I actually launch into um, my opening monologue tonight, I got an announcement to make. One of the reasons why I got my little celebration donut, my little sprinkle drum roll. Boom. The Andrea K Show is moving to Monday's. Starting this coming Monday, I'm actually going to be on from 8 p.m. Pacific time all the way to 10. It's going to be a two-hour block. It seems like I caused a little bit of confusion last night when I was talking about the time shift. It seemed as though ultimately I was going to be adding Mondays plus the Thursday and Friday. What we decided to do here at the station is kind of transition, everybody. I'm I'm, I'm ultimately going to be on only Mondays from 8 to 10 on a two-hour block right now. And I will be dropping Thursday and Friday after next week, but we just didn't want to make it like too abrupt. So we're easing into it to make sure the listeners who tune in next Thursday and Friday night don't find me gone all of a sudden. So next week, I'm going to be on Monday, Thursday and Friday, but then the following week, it's just going to be Monday. So set your calendars and your times starting this coming Monday. Monday's from 8 p.m. Did I explain that right, Todd? Yeah, Yeah, y'all got that. I got smart listeners out there. All right. You got that, Alicia? Yeah, I sure do. All right, I
1: guess I be ready to
0: to call in on Mondays now. That's right, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, why not start off the week, right? You know, let's let's start off the week right with the Andrea K. Show. Um But exactly. I want, yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: that way you can have fodder for, against your liberal coworkers all
3: week. You know. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My my listeners can be armed and dangerous.
3: There you go.
0: And speaking of armed and ja- dangerous, when I decided to do the show tonight, um, particularly because of my special guest on the uh, on the show tonight, I got to thinking about. There's always a theme, isn't there, for all the hot topics of the day? And it really occurred to me, in part because one of my um, faithful friends on Facebook, uh, Fred Sherrum, I'm mm-hmm. not even sure how to say his name. Mm-hmm. Um, it occurred to me that I really needed to do a show about the summer of crime because we really have a crime wave going on in the Today. And, and it, that's the common element is crime, but also lawlessness. And we've got crime coming in the form of innocent Americans being killed, you know, at the hands of illegals who are actually sought after for votes. You know that I've been harping for a long time about these open borders. We are seeking, we are in encouraging, we are actually bringing these illegals over to our country, setting them up in these sanctuary cities, continuing to actually protect them while we leave Amer- American citizens. Uh, literally vulnerable, and it's, it's getting to where now, uh, yesterday, we, we all know about Kate Steinley. we know that she was not called, we know that Michael Brown's family was called and offered condolences, Freddie Gray's family, not the Steinley family, we also know yesterday a report of, of a, a veteran, a military hero who was raped and murdered by a legal, and now we find out there's another story of an immigrant in Florida who allegedly slaughtered three black people and an unborn child in Florida, so we've got that going on in the nation right now um we've got crimes and murder crimes and murder because it's it's not just murder that's that's the crime being committed by planned parenthood and what, what do we have so far that's the only debate is whether or not we should even continue to fund and, and, and pay for the murders with taxpayer dollars. There hasn't been any criminal investigation launched against them, even though we've, we've got it on video. There's proof on video. Just last night we were playing the sixth video in which they're not even getting consent. They're just taking what they want. And there's not even a criminal investigation being launched. Complete cr- crimes being committed and lawlessness. And we don't have either party really dealing with the criminal matter that's involved with Planned Parenthood. Not even Investigation. In fact, we've got a court here in California who has blocked, tried to block the release of the videos, which is obstruction of justice. So we've got that going on. We've seen murder this summer by Islamist against our military, our armed forces who were left unarmed military installations being murdered by Islamist. And there's been rumors of whether or not. That one of the military heroes is actually going to be charged with a crime for trying to shoot back and defend himself, and then on top of that, we've got the Obama administration coming out and refusing to call it terrorism because they didn't want to offend the terrorist. You know, we got to show respect for For yeah, for we got to show respect for the ideology that was behind these terrorist attacks. We've got that going on. Uh, We've got an an seen a shocking increase in the amount of black on black murders and shootings going on. Most of the people, you know, at least on the left are in denial. They've always been in denial in terms of the black on black shootings. I always want to focus every time some, you know, uh, African-American charges a police officer and gets shot. You know, we've got national hysteria, Um, but there's been little coverage involving the just rampant rise of black on black crime and in particular the rise of black on white crime. And we're going to talk about that tonight. And then, then there's the summer of Hillary. And I didn't think that there could be an elected official that could be any more lawless than Obama. But her name is Clinton. And she may have outdone Bubba and even Barack with her corruption because her crimes are so calculated, so deep, and they are only matched by that woman's elitist sense of entitlement to be able to do whatever the heck she wants and be above the law and there's a lot of people that have been saying oh she's toast she's going down and i thought you know her last name is clinton and i've been reporting on a while about the 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 political ruling class over us the peasants and i really wasn't thinking that that there was really going to be a whole lot of um, consequences that she was going to face. And one of the reasons why is because I just heard so much just opinion, opinion. I hadn't really heard people saying, oh, she's committed crimes, but nobody actually reported on this specific uh, code or what actual crimes, according to the U.S. criminal code, that she had actually committed. And then I saw an article on the, the Top of Drudge report last night, and it was back on this morning at the Top of Drudge report, and it was written by Sidney Powell. And you remember Sydney. I actually had her on the show last year. She wrote a book. She wrote the book on the Department of Justice, actually. And it was called License to Lie, uh, exposing uh, corruption in the Department of Justice, and so she knows well, after writing that book that was like four inches thick, of the corruption in the Department of Justice, who has been enabling and covering for Hillary Clinton, and she wrote a piece that talked about details in terms of actual codes of criminal violations and even the Espionage Act, and I, maybe other people have been reporting on that, but it's the first time I've seen it, and I think it was the first time others had, because it's still up at the top of the Drudge report, um, so when we come back, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Sidney Powell, where she gets into specifics about the actual crimes that Hillary has committed, the Espionage Act, uh, conspiracies involving Huma Abedin and Cheryl Mills, and an idea that she's got to actually bring this woman to justice for the crimes that she has committed against this country. So don't change that dial, folks. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show right here on AM 1170, The Answer. Don't change that dial.
2: 1170 the answer
4: Want to
0: start living better longer Lavita compounding pharmacy can help
2: There's nothing like it. The San Diego Air and Space Museum in Balboa Park. All the great new simulator rides for you. The very best state-of-the-art, and they are indeed rides. Check out the 4D theater, the unlimited viewings with your general admission, and the special limited-time exhibition to the Extreme Math Alive. Final weeks for that. See it before it's gone. Still a chance to win one of a 100 skateboards and helmets, too. Only at the San Diego Air and Space Museum in Balboa Park. SanDiegoAirAndSpace.org. You've been thinking about switching to solar. Don't wait much longer or you'll miss out on this year's federal tax credit. Move quickly because the tide is turning. Solar power is becoming a threat to big energy profits. In fact, some power companies are even pushing for extra fees to make up for lost revenue. Warning, you must have your solar system up and running by midnight December 31st or you'll miss out on this year's federal tax credit. Energy prices are expected to increase by as much as 40% in the near future. Go- Go solar now with no down payment, interest, or payments for a whole year. You can afford it because we finance. Get your government money and save big every month. Big energy is getting nervous and the door of opportunity is about to slam shut. Paying $150 a month or more on energy bills? Then call 1-800-MY-SOLAR now for a free in-home assessment. 1-800-MY-SOLAR.
3: My home, my savings. Safe-
2: If you've got questions, we've got answers. A.M. 1170, The Answer.
1: Now
0: while you were in your teeth, frustration baby you got to breathe take a lot more than you to get rid of me you see i do what they can't do i just do me ain't no stress when it comes to stay Get what you see meet me in the lab in the pad don't believe 16 times yeah. create my own lines love for my word play that's hard to find sophomore i ain't scared one of a kind all i do is contemplate ways to make your right. fame and up spine. to your stomach, I wrote your Oh, welcome back to the Henry K. Show. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my anthems. And I ain't going no Glad to have you here with me. Hey, before the break, we were talking about the summer of crime. And is there really any bigger criminal walk on the streets right now than Hillary Clinton? But don't take my word for it. I want you to hear the words of Sydney Powell, who wrote this phenomenal book called, I want to get it right because I want y'all to read it, License to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. And she's written a great article that details many, not all the crimes that were committed and why Hillary Clinton is a criminal and what we need to do about it. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. It's it's a real honor to have you on today because with this Hillary Clinton thing that's just been exploding, everybody's got opinions, opinions as to whether or not she should be held to account. Will she be to, held to account? People are saying, some people are like, oh, she's toast. Some people like me are saying, hey, not so fast because we have a political class going on in D.C. now uh, where we have people just skating uh, for crimes that they're committing that the average American would have long since been prosecuted and put in prison for. <clears throat> and so I really wanted to bring some facts to the situation and get out of the opinion mode that so many people are are in. And you truly are an expert in federal crimes and the prosecution of federal federal crimes. You're certainly an expert on the Department of Justice. In fact, you wrote the book on it because the last time I had you on the show, we talked about your book, License to Lie, exposing corruption in the Department of Justice. And of course, there's lots of corruption going on, not just with Hillary Clinton, but also in the DOJ. And so I was really not that optimistic as to whether or not she'd be held to account. And then I saw an article that you wrote that was at the top of the Drudge Report last night. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. And it was one of the most fact based pieces that I have seen about the situation, about Hillary Clinton and the Department of Justice. And I want to go through the article because it really gave me some hope that somebody might be that she might be held to account here because you not only went into detail about actual crimes she committed with codes, but also a pathway for her to be held to account. You start the article by talking about how she finally produced her FBI server with three thumb drives drives, but the server was wiped clean of any usable information, and the thumb drives contained what she had cherry-picked, and you said, quote, myriad criminal offenses apply to this conduct, and this is just the most recent conduct by her. What were the exact crimes that she committed just with those activities alone?
4: Well, there's probably obstruction of justice, because if she destroyed anything on her computer and it cannot be retrieved, then she's destroyed documents that she was required under law to maintain so that's obstruction of justice she knew the Benghazi committee was investigating there's no doubt she knew the Federal Records Act required them to be retained she had legal obligations all over the place for the proper handling of that information and she didn't handle it correctly in any way shape or form and destroying it is an even different and separate crime um she's also mishandled the classified information that should never have been on her home server to begin with it should never have left the state department and it's beyond doubt now that there was significant classified information on her or in her possession through that server i think uh, the word is out now that there was even drone satellite imagery And things like that on it, which you would expect. I mean, you know, anybody who's thought about it for any length of time would know that the secretary of state, who had one of the highest levels of security clearances in the country, along with the president, would necessarily have had access to all of this highly classified, top secret and beyond information. Well, if she didn't, then she wasn't doing
0: her job. Because, right. it, because that's what the secretary of state does. Right. It is is they engage with with foreign government? She was actively involved in the Libya situation. Now, Andrew, Judge Andrew Napolitano said last week on Fox that he himself saw emails. And I don't know if this has been corroborated that gave the specific location of Ambassador Stevens, you cannot sit, you cannot be appointed to the, and be sworn in as the Secretary of State and not know that you were going to have classified information on a daily basis. But even if you didn't know that, still under the Records Act, she had, she was not to set up or do any business on a private email account. You go into, into the article also talking about um, <clears throat> how the Department of Justice, while she's been um, behaving illegally under the Federal Records Act and other um, acts of which we're going to get into a little bit. You talk in your article about other people uh, that were held to account to uh, much more uh, for much more. I don't even know if James Rosen or anybody else in which the federal government put the jackboot of tyranny on under the Espionage Act. But the DOJ has come down hard on reporters and other people while Hillary Clinton has been. Um, hiding her activities, correct? Tell everybody about that. exactly
4: right. And I I find that so offensive. I mean, this Department of Justice under Eric Holder and Barack Obama have prosecuted more reporters and, and people for leaks under the Espionage Act than all prior administrations put together. And the reporters were doing their jobs and reporting whistleblower information uh, but that hasn't stopped the Department of Justice from literally terrorizing them. Rosen, for example, had his email seized without his knowledge, and they suggested that he was a criminal co-conspirator under the Espionage Act, which carries a 10-year term of imprisonment. They did not prosecute him, thank goodness, but they certainly dried up all his sources. I think Gary Pruitt, the head of AP, talked has talked at length publicly about what damage it's done to the press, Mm -hmm. the oppression from this administration and and the Department of Justice.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's something that dictators everywhere would be proud of. You talk in your article about General Petraeus, how he was uh, tarred, feathered and ridden out of the the CIA. um, And all he did was and and, and it's criminal. But what he did was he had a little notebook that his biographer, who was who had a top secret clearance, actually, Saw, And he didn't have a, a, a secret server in his house. And, you know, um, he didn't have information that involved digital satellite Im- imagery. And he's been destroyed. And there wasn't even any leak for information. So clearly the Department of Justice, there's one set of rules and laws for us peasants out here and another set for the ruling class. And even worse, you know, it's, it's basically been proven here that they use uh, certain acts um, as as oppression to shut down freedom of speech. And that's what's going on here. Um, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned a conspiracy, that they're avoiding a cons- uh, the um, conspiracy with Huma Abedin and Cheryl Mills. Explain that.
4: Yes. Well, 18 United States Code Section 371 is the general conspiracy statute that virtually every conspiracy in the country is prosecuted under when the prosecutors decide to use it, and it's very wide-reaching. Basically, if, if there is an agreement between two pe- two or more people, to do something in violation of the law, that's an additional count that imposes a five-year term of imprisonment and allows for all kinds of additional evidence to come in. And obviously, if uh, there was a report that someone had taken the top-secret designation off. material before it was sent to Ms. Clinton, which is another crime in and of itself, and also ridiculous. She would have known it was top secret anyway. But if that was done on her instructions, and I would think it would have been if she was doing this whole thing to avoid all of the laws that required her to keep and protect the material, then you've got evidence of a conspiracy between her and whoever sent it to her, and my guess is that would be cheryl mills now that's pure speculation at this point but obviously someone was forwarding her the information
0: now there's a um a shadow investigation going on it, it- if, if you will, involving Judicial Watch. Have they not – what's going on with that? Have they not subpoenaed? You, you talk in your article about how the Department of Justice has not, you know, um, gotten those emails, of the, who who were the recipients of communication with Hillary Clinton. But under the Freedom of Information Act, are those emails now under subpoena, and have they been turned over?
4: They have not been subpoenaed yet, but Judge Sullivan entered an order. He has the Judicial Watch case seeking the emails of Huma Abdin in particular and Ms. Clinton, with respect to the conflicts of interest, Huma Abdeen, her right hand, who's pictured with her all the time, was working for a Clinton-related uh, company called Tenio. I think a, a good, close Clinton friend had started that company. At the same time, she was working for the State Department, and she was also working for the Clinton Foundation, just all very convenient and mm-hmm. not to mention a series of conflicts of interest out the wazoo. But anyway, Judicial Watch is trying to get the records related to that. It's in Judge Emmett Sullivan's court. Judge Sullivan, I've written on at length in the New York Observer because he's the judge who appointed a special prosecutor to investigate the Department of Justice itself after the corrupted prosecution of United States Senator Ted Stevens. So Judge Sullivan had entered an order this week. He wants the State Department to report today, and they've just asked for an extension. It was supposed to have been by noon today. They've asked for an extension until 5 p.m. today to tell him what they are doing with the FBI to uh, retrieve the emails and if the emails can be found in other places. And obviously, uh, they sh- definitely should be able to be found other places to the extent she communicated with anybody in the government through their official email account, including the White House folks, then they should be on government backup tapes and servers.
0: Absolutely. You talk about counterterrorism, terrorism advisor, Lisa Monaco, NSA advisor, Susan Rice, uh, Catherine Rumler. Um, there's a whole host of people whose emails, you know, should be handed over. And <clears throat> um, I want to get into um The uh, before I get into the Espionage Act, one of the things that I found that really uh, amazing in terms of not being held to account for her actions and basically being allowed to just make her own rules and her uh, her own laws all along the way, it's really astounding to me is the fact that she that she would not allow an inspector general in the State Department during her tenure providing oversight over her. And my question is, where was the oversight? of of the State Department. Do we not have an opposition party here? Why, why Why is the Republican Party allowing this woman from the State Department to have no oversight within her department?
4: I don't know how that happened. I really can't explain it. It's the president that appoints the inspector generals for each of the agencies, and apparently there are several agencies, including the VA, that have long gone without an inspector general. And Ms. Clinton didn't have one in the State Department because she didn't want one. Well, obviously not, because she was breaking the rules at every turn.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, this is an administration. I know we're not coming on here for for you to, to, to talk about any other topics, but, you know, the rule of law and transparency will be the hallmarks of my administration, he said.
4: Um, nothing could be further from the truth. This is the least transparent and most lawless administration in my lifetime, for sure.
0: Absolutely. And I have, quite frankly, been, you, you know, you it, this is truly an indictment of the Department of Justice and of the FBI. But in my opinion, of uh, the entire checks and balances system, which includes the opposition party and the Republican Party, who has continued to have nothing but theatrics involved in all of their hearings and their subcommittee hearings and then this and the that. Meanwhile, they should have gotten that server day one. Well, you know, we're going to ask Hillary. To hand over you know this and that, and i don 't want to hear about yoga it 's like do your jobs you know you know uh, um, every American citizen lives under fear right now of the IRS and the government because of the power that they have over the American people. Meanwhile, our rulers are getting away scot free um, I want to get into the Espionage Act because I think this is the first article that I have read. That indicts her on the Espionage Act. What specifically is the Espionage Act? Because so many people think that it has to do only with classified documents, but it doesn't.
4: No, it actually deals with uh, classified information, which is any information relating to the national defense. Andy McCarthy's got several good articles on it in the National Review. And I quote from him at length in the article I wrote for the New York Observer. But he has explained that, you know, it criminalizes the communication or delivery or transmission of that information or causing it to be delivered or permitting it to be abstracted, lost, stolen or destroyed. So when she destroyed it, she committed a violation of the Espionage Act. There are just any kind of number of things that are out there to protect our most secret and sensitive information, both from hackers and from destruction and uh, from people that aren't supposed to know what it is. Absolutely. Violated every one of them.
0: Yeah. You even go on in your article to talk about failing to make a prompt report to superiors in the government when official knows that the information has been removed from its proper place of custody, communicated to someone not authorized to have it, lost, stolen, or abstracted, as you mentioned. One of the things that I found really interesting about the Espionage Act is that lack of knowledge is not protection against the Espionage Act. You know, it's just like if I'm driving down the road and doing 90, you know, and I I can't tell a police officer I didn't know what the speed limit was.
4: Yes, there are absolute requirements, obviously, because these are matters of the utmost national security. And it doesn't matter if you didn't uh, intend to do it. Of course, I don't know how you can not intend to destroy something when you have your server wiped clean, but... uh, um, there, there's no telling what her defenses are going to be. It'll be something outrageous, I'm sure.
0: Well, she's already started blaming her underlings. Uh, right. That's one thing that you talk about in your article, how she's been deflecting, deflecting the blame uh, to to uh, those beneath her. Um, however, you go on to explain clearly she established her entire system to avoid the law and is in fa- in violation of the Espionage Act. And you talk about um, uh, that it. Um, Under 18 U.S. Code, Section 1001, um, that she made false statements about not having classified information, and that in and of itself is a crime. Yeah. Now, uh, um, let me ask you this about the FBI investigation that's going on. Uh, there's a narrative on the left that, um, that it's an investigation of the server, not a person, and that it's not a criminal investigation, as though, you know, these servers are just acting on their own. You know, that's like <laughs> me saying, hey, that cheeseburger <laughs> just jumped into my face, okay? I didn't really eat that cheeseburger, okay? I mean, that, that's ridiculous. What is the status of the FBI investigation?
4: Well, they're not telling anybody really what the status of it is. But if they're not conducting a criminal investigation, then they don't deserve to be in existence.
0: Now, your articles suggest it is high time for a special prosecutor. After the only thing that most Americans know of a special prosecutor is that Kenneth Starr and what happened there, and what and the Clinton that was involved in that special prosecution walked and, and, and skated, even though he committed perjury. So, you know, help everybody to understand why it's a valid option and and reassure them that there can be effectiveness, if you can, with a, with a special prosecutor. Why should they think that there's a chance at effectiveness and accountability?
4: Well, Judge Sullivan appointed a special prosecutor in the Stevens case, uh, and that prosecutor did a scathing 500-page report on um, the department of justice and the public integrity section uh, a special prosecutor in this case could be appointed by a judge or could be appointed upon public outcry uh, by the attorney general and i think it would take that in fact uh... for the attorney general to do it I would think everybody would need to contact their representatives and uh, congressmen and senators on both sides of the aisle and let them know that they're simply not going to be reelected if they don't start cleaning up our government and holding government officials accountable by the same means the government seeks to hold the rest of us accountable.
0: Yeah, in uh, fact, it, that's such a good point because you also talk in your article, you quote Colonel Ralph Peters. Uh, who had the guts to say, and I'm quoting here on uh, Fox News, that Hillary Clinton is a criminal and military heroes who have risked their lives for this country have gone to prison for far left, for far less. I mean, this is an absolute outrage that this woman has been allowed to do this, that she was allowed to intentionally set up a situation for the purpose of violating the law and withholding her activities and hide what she was doing uh, from the American people for which it was her job to serve. And uh, Americans have died under her watch as secretary of state and she still has not been held to account for that and that is to me that is the primary thing that she is trying to hide from the american people and that is benghazi
4: I'm sure you're right. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. I'm sure those were the first emails deleted.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on on the show today and, and sharing some facts about the situation that she has, in fact, broken the law. She is a criminal, and she needs to be held to account. And the way to start doing that is putting pressure on our elected officials to get a special prosecutor assigned. The book is, in case you haven't read it, License to Lie Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. And uh, hopefully you'll come back as, as new developments uh, continue on with the Hillary email gate.
4: I'll be glad to. And I want people to understand that if Amazon tells you they're out of the book, that's not true. I'm listed there as a third-party seller, and there are plenty in stock. There's been a significant effort to kill this book with silence.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Sydney. Appreciate it. Have a great day.
4: Thank you, Andrea. Bye-bye. All right.
0: So we even have an update since Ms. Sidney Powell was on the show earlier today. She mentioned in her interview a case that was before Judge Sullivan, somebody that Alicia has actually been in front of in court. And um, can you tell everybody, update everybody, Alicia, on what happened with with uh, in Judge Sullivan's court today? They had asked for an extension. Today, the extension was up. Can right. you tell everybody so what he, happened?
1: So he uh, sent that he told the Department of Justice, I'm sorry, the Department of State, to brief him why. They shouldn't be held in contempt of court um, because uh, he ordered them to produce these documents. And so now they've come up with, uh, and this is uh, in the article by sydney uh, they've come up with these excuses for why they shouldn't have to comply. You know, it's, uh, basically, they're relying on uh, a declaration, which is a foreign statement by Hillary Clinton saying that she's produced everything relevant and uh, that should be good enough. And the judge is going to take this back, and he's going to look at it and decide whether or not he's going to issue further orders or contempt of court or sanctions.
0: Well, you know, I, they, I want you know, to be able to do that. I want to be able to go into court and say, you know what, IRS <laughs> or whatever, you know, take my word for it. Here's my sworn statement that I didn't murder, you know, my my next-door neighbor who is driving me crazy, okay? Or take my sworn statement, you know, that I didn't cheat on my taxes, I mean, this right. is absolutely outrageous. And, and they gave another reason why their first reason was, was the State Department says, well, we're not really required to search through records that are not in our possession or control. Well, that's the whole problem to begin with, isn't it? That the woman has not, you know, has been holding on to documents that she was required, actually, to always give to the government. The government was always supposed to be in control. And the rule
1: says a little bit further, it it, it, it really extends a little bit further. Yes, it has to be in your possession or control, or you have to have the ability to go and acquire them. And the State Department can go to Hillary Clinton and require that she turn over their property, which, you know, any intellectual property, any emails, anything on their heart servers, That was in the scope of her employment as Secretary of State belongs to the Department of State. So, you know, it's not like they went into the judge and said, you know, we can't get them, and we're subpoenaing her, and we're doing everything we can to to comply. They just said, oh, we shouldn't have to go get them. It's just stonewalling.
0: I mean, (laughs) isn't that obstruction of justice?
1: Well, I I I think that uh, not by the State Department. I think that it'll be it's an obstruction of justice by Hillary Clinton that she has wiped her server. Um, But I think that uh, it is a contempt of court by the State Department because he's already told them that they have to produce this, and they they're coming back with excuses for why they haven't or have not complied with his court order. And I'll tell you, I've been before many um, federal judges, including Judge Sullivan, but you know, federal judges in particular do not like it when you tell them that when they say you have to produce something, and you come back and say, actually, you know, I'm still not complying. I I I typically see would expect to see um, the litigant to be sanctioned in that situation, uh, Judge Sullivan's a pretty even-handed judge, and so I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, if he put down further orders or uh, some kind of
4: contempt or order.
0: Well, another report that's come out about Hillary today was that she set up this illegal server at her home. Um, through mm-hmm. the use of an IT firm that wasn't even cleared to handle classified documents. And we know that there was drone information <laughs> in these emails. N- uh, Judge right. Napolitano last week said that he personally saw himself emails and included the location of Ambassador Stevens. So it's, you know, that all is bad enough. But to think that she set up this whole server without even using the IT company that's cleared for, for, um,
1: right.
0: for confidentiality. And that's according to the spokesperson for the Defense Security Service, which is the arm for the Defense Department. And it's the right. only federal Agency authorized to approve private sector companies to have access to sensitive or confidential material. This woman should be toast, Alicia. In in twenty seconds or less, do you think that with a special cross- prosecutor, this woman will ever be held to account?
1: I don't think she's going to be held to account. No, I think that uh, first of all, she's just very high. She's highly positioned, but uh, I think that the political class is not going to want to make uh, the precedence that the secretary of state can be prosecuted and so I, I just don't see it happening they're going to continue to brush this under the rug and unless there's something that comes out of those emails that is uh, straight up treasonous which I don't think we will find uh, then uh, she, she's not going to go down for this and it's not impacting her poll numbers enough to, to really um, to prevent her from being the nomination <laughs>
0: All right. Well, enough about that Hillary. I'm tired of that hag. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to we're going to switch topics. We're going to get into the to the summer of crime. I got a friend on Facebook that's been posting all kinds of crime reports, and I have promised him a segment on crime. So don't change that dial, folks. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
1: You fall apart,
3: but this ain't my mom.
2: The answer, and am 1170 The Answer.com.
3: Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your
0: place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa.
2: Sombrero
1: Mexican food. We get it too.
2: Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? Got a lot on your to-do list now during Kubota's Power to Do Great Things sales event. Get a great deal on an L3301 or 3901 tractor with a live continuous running rear PTO. Now get financing as low as 0% APR for up to five years. And great customer instant rebates when you buy a new L3301 or 3901 and two implements. Now through September 30th, 2015. Call toll-free 1-888-465-8268 for details about cost and terms. For more information or to find a participating dealer, visit Kubota.com.
1: 1170,
0: the answer. Welcome back to the Andre K. Show. Glad to have you here with me. I'm looking forward to a great weekend. I hope you all are too. Um, what's got me fired up even more than the criminal behavior of Hillary Clinton? I don't know that I would say more than Hillary Clinton. Um, but it's certainly been really getting under my skin. And I want to thank Fred for doing that on Facebook. The reason why Fred started posting all these crime stories of of gangs attacking people and mugging McDonald's workers. And those of you who uh, are friends with me on Facebook, you've probably seen all these crime reports that Fred has been posting. And one of the reasons why he started doing it was because he got a little tired of one of my Facebook friends from New York, whose name I won't mention, who was constantly posting videos to try to trump up um, the police force. He was trying to feed the narrative of the Obama administration that black people are being gunned down in the streets by white people, that it was open season on black kids and uh, from whites and from police departments. And so I started thinking I was promising him to do a segment on crime. And one of the other reasons why I started doing, thinking about doing it is because I was watching a new show recently, and they were talking about the rise in crime over the summer, and they talked about the stats and they talked about some of the reasons why, but they left out something really glaring, and that is the cultural element involved. We all know what happened in Baltimore when when Freddie Gray died and the riots that came about as a result of that. What's not really being talked about that much is that in Baltimore alone, we've got we've got crimes and murders just really at peak levels across the nation. But particularly if you look at Baltimore, because Baltimore is symbolic or emblematic of what's happening all around the nation. Forty-five murders in the month of July alone. That's the most in 43 years. 189 so far year-to-date compared to 119 year-to-date last year. 366 non-fatal shootings in Baltimore compared to 200 at this time last year and when reports came out about this if you if you google this and you start reading about this and reading interviews with people about what's going on in Baltimore they tell you all the reasons that make them that are really excuses oh mistrust of police generalized anger and hopelessness over lack of opportunities competition among drug dealers who knew that, you know, um, if you had to compete with a guy on the corner, that was an, and, and you were getting shut out of some drug deals, that that gave you an excuse to go shooting on people. Uh, drug addiction. We need jobs, they were saying. And I'm thinking, jobs? Wait a second. Everything was mentioned except personal responsibility. And when it gets to the jobs part, I get to thinking, well, what about all these Asian businesses that were specifically targeted, that were burned down and destroyed, that were, Job creators, these were the employers in their community that they specifically targeted. At no point have I heard any reports about the crime wave that is occurring in this nation. Black on black crime or black on white crime. And I'm going to get into some of those stories that have, that have come about over this, this summer. At not one point has anybody been talking about it in terms of the culture going on in the black community. I am not seeing report after report after report of white people going into McDonald's and getting mad because somebody didn't put the fries in the container the way they wanted it or for what other reason and they decided to jump the counter and gang attack a clerk in a McDonald's. And that's the kind of stuff that's happening around this country. And why is it suddenly it's such a fever pitch right now? Didn't eight years ago, weren't we told that he was going to Obama was going to heal all the racial divides and the waters were going to rise. That hasn't happened. He, his divisions, his, you already take, you take communities like Baltimore that have been run into the ground with liberal policies. People who become dependent on the government, are completely oppressed and become slaves to the government. Then, then they get when when the money starts running out. Then they get frustrated and angry. Then you've got an, an Obama administration that's continuing to foster the hate. And here you go. This is what you have. Here's some of the reports. I don't know if you've heard some of these reports, Alicia, of these crimes that have happened. But on Tuesday, an unidentified black uh, two unidentified black men beat a white Applebee's customer who was trying to defend a waitress against them. Last week, a group of six black teenage males attacked three-year-old Jordan Sanders, a white male, uh, at a church fest, must be 13-year-old Jordan Sanders, at a church festival in Norwood, Ohio. And they beat and kicked him as he lay defenseless on the ground. And as of today, no warrants have been issued despite the attack being captured on video. I mean, we'd have the Justice Department involved immediately issuing uh, uh, an investigation for hates crimes. We have, uh, warrants have been issued against a Tyrone Harris after he his failed attempt to murder police officers in St. Louis County. You might be familiar with that one, Alicia. Um, you know, although he was portrayed as just a sweet uh, young college student, really, if you look at the pictures of him, it sounds like he was a Trayvon Martin holding guns and all that. We even have and most of these reports you can find on my Facebook page. They're one of the saddest that I've that I'm reading here is a Birmingham, Alabama detective was pistol whipped by a Jannard Cunningham after the man committed a robbery and the officer didn't even fire back. He just sat there and allowed himself to be pistol whipped, Alicia. And when asked later why he didn't do anything to protect himself, he said that it was because of what's going on in society right now. So what we have, in my opinion, is we have a form of domestic terrorism going on, Alicia, to where we've got people being targeted and because they've got the protections Of a false narrative going on in this nation and the racial tensions that have been created by President Obama. And we have police department, police officers that are not even defending themselves. And we've got white people really coming under attack. Remember, what was it last year? What was that uh, that game, the knockout game that was being done against white people and nobody? And I'm not hearing anybody uh, of the presidential candidates, Alicia, talking about the crime going on around this nation, the surge in crime going on around this nation, and talking about it in a way that deals with the fact that we have a cultural issue in the black community. Do we not, Alicia?
1: You know, I I think I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, and and this is why. Uh, According to the FBI crime statistics, violent crime has been steadily decreasing in the united states since the 1970s including in the black communities. we do see an uptick right now in baltimore specifically where they've said over a couple of months that they've had a a big surge in homicides that are probably related to the riots but i don't see any credible statistics about that anywhere else and so what concerns me about all these anecdotal type stories whether it's these are true stories alicia yeah, I, I, I know, and I'm and absolutely crime happens. And I live in a I live in a black neighborhood in St. Louis, and there are parts. That, you know, my neighbors are great. You know, I, I like my my neighborhood, but there are parts of St. Louis that I don't venture into because people there are criminals, mm-hmm. and it's dangerous. You know, right? Um, but I, I think what bothers me about these anecdotal stories is that we it's. If you look at over at society over uh, at large, you know, it's only a small percentage of people who commit violent crimes. But if you, if you pick out one police officer who commits a rape or one police officer to, who does excessive violence, and then you use that to encourage uh, everybody to believe that all police officers um, deserve to be disobeyed or shot or whatever, then we have riots. And I, I would be concerned about doing the same thing and in, in, increasing racial tension. Well, that's problem, fair. That's fair. Yes, yeah, the, the truth is is that about fifty percent of black uh, men will be arrested and spend some sort of time in jail, and uh, th- that is a true statistic. And so there is a problem because you know half of Amer- half of black people should not be in jail, um, but it, it's a problem with uh, a white men too. Although it's thirty percent of young men uh, overall in society will end up having some running in the law by the time they're in their 20s.
0: Well, clearly there is a problem in the black community in terms of black-on-black crime. Clearly, there is a rise in the uptick of black on white crime. And when you when these people are investigated and in, in, in the crimes, oftentimes we're hearing and it's not anecdotal that they were looking for a white person to attack. There is a and, 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 and in part, I do think that when you fan the flames of racial tension and divide, you're fanning the flames of racial tension and divide. And that is right. clearly going on in this nation right now. And the problems economically in the black community are not being addressed Because they don't want to make it be about personal responsibility. They want to always say the issue is there's not enough money being thrown at the community when the reality is it's like Larry Elder said the other day uh, on Twitter. He said the top three problems with the black community is the breakdown of the family, the breakdown of the family and the breakdown of the family. When you have 70 something percent of children in the black community being born out of wedlock, that means 90 percent of them are going to be in, in poverty there's your issue right there. No wonder they're hopeless. No wonder they're dealing drugs and doing everything else. And we have a presidential candidate named Ben Carson, who is the poster man for how to rise above whatever your conditions are, take personal responsibility for your life, and don't play the victim. There is opportunity in this country, and there is nobody that has an excuse to go around shooting on people.
1: Right. Did you see uh, his uh, response to the Black Lives Matter a uh, qu- question that was happening with uh, Bernie Sanders, he basically said all lives matter and we should be concerned about the amount of crime that's happening in our black communities and we should be addressing it by looking for constructive responses to it.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he- Todd even has a clip maybe of of a question that was posed to him when he was in Harlem.
3: Well, of course, black lives matter. But what I feel is that instead of people pointing fingers at each other and just creating strife, what we need to be talking about is how do we solve the problem in the black community of murder? essentially, you know, for a young black male in an inner city, homicide is the most likely cause of death. That is ridiculous. And, and most of those occur at the hands of other young black males. We need to be talking about why is that occurring? We need to be talking about how do we instill values into people again, so that they do in fact believe that their brother's life matters. And that's going to be a matter of getting back to the values and principles that got black people through slavery and and through segregation and Jim Crowism. And those are family and faith. Those are the things that got us through it. And as we throw those things away, you're seeing terrible carnage occurring in our communities.
0: Yeah. I, you know, right on. We got to get. And part of the key values is personal responsibility and life. And one of the things that I love about him and what he's done is he talks about his what pulled him, he, how he pulled himself out of poverty. And it was through reading. And he's been re- very involved in uh, low income communities in terms of providing books and libraries and making sure that children have books. Because he says when, when you teach a child to read and they learn to love to read, they that's really the vehicle for them. To change their lives, I want to change this topic real quick because you've been on top of this um, China economy story and what's going on over there, and there's a lot of important implications for Americans and business going on with that. And I know economics aren't sexy and they're not as interesting as talking about Hillary, but we in the five minutes we have left, let's talk a little bit about that.
1: All right, and you know what? I can make it interesting by saying that Donald Trump is right about something. No way. Alicia's saying Trump is right about something. Well, he's saying that, you know, we're not competing effectively against China. And one of the ways that this is happening is in the currency. So China has been moving for a long time to uh, to no longer base uh, its currency value on the U.S. dollar. And that's because we have had um, actions by the Federal Reserve to keep uh, the U.S. dollar cheap um, and in order to try to keep it strong, but it's, it's artificially inflated. So uh, what's happening is that they have uh, unpaid the the yuan from the U.S. dollar, and that has caused the Chinese currency to devalue. Uh, Yes, the Chinese Chinese economy takes a little bit of a hit from that, but the idea is that things are going to become cheaper uh, vis-a-vis the dollar, and so we're going to see an increase of imports into the country, uh, and more things are going to be made in China instead of being made in the United States. And we're going to continue to have this imbalance of importing goods as opposed to exporting and shipping off all of our manufacturing to China. So that's bad uh, for manufacturing jobs in the United States. Uh, the other problem is that investors who have invested uh, in China are going to see uh, some deflation in their investment. And that may be bad for them as well. So uh, Americans who invested in China are probably going to lose a little bit of money right now. Hmm. Um, well
0: you know to me there's been all oh, many 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 regulations and policies that have driven man, that have destroyed our manufacturing sector if not Absolutely. just driven it overseas we've got right. you know many regulations involving the EPA here in California we've got taxation that is ridiculous right. that that is destroying manufacturing as well as service industries and we really right. need a presidential candidate that can articulate it clearly can articulate the value of free market capitalism and can articulate right. Why economically letting people keep more money, letting businesses keep more money, that businesses are not the evil, you know, cruel people?
1: If we, if we got rid of uh, regulations or massively reduced regulations and um, we simplified the tax code, mm-hmm. we would have a surge in the uh, the U.S. economy. it has been proven by past administrations. It's been proven by other countries. Whenever you allow people to actually engage in commerce, You have a growth in the economy. So if we want to be able to compete with China, you know, it's easier. They're a more free society and capitalism than we are in our communist country. I mean, what is that? Exactly.
0: And you know what? They're booming more than we are right now. They they still are. And, you know, we need to re-embrace the free market capital system here. That's what made the country great. And it's disturbing to me to see Bernie Sanders, as much as everybody's laughing at Hillary, that Bernie's got 20,000 at a crowd. You know, it's really scary to me that we have so many Americans that are on board with socialism and don't understand the value of free market capitalism. I've I've, in a minute left. i got to leave it there. I want to make sure everybody knows that we are going to be right here Monday at 8 p.m. Pacific time, a new day out. And time. Do not forget that, people. I want you all to know how much I appreciate you so much being a supporter of me and of the show. Follow me on Twitter. I got a new handle, at Andrea K. Show. Alicia Dern's on Twitter. She's also on Facebook. Have a wonderful weekend. And we will talk to you Monday at 8 p.m. Pacific, right here on AM 1170, The Answer. Love you all.
2: The Andrea Kay Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea Kay.